Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you could be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the free guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey guys, it is Joy. I'm still in Los Angeles. I don't have any trips coming up, but my boyfriend is coming to visit me for a good couple of days for Valentine's Day weekend. So we're going to do some fun stuff in Los Angeles. But that's it for now. Hey y'all, it's Janelle checking in. And this week I just got a lot of new Melanin and Miles merch shipped in. So I'm excited about that. Um, I finally got the t-shirt and the hat. Just like a couple things that I haven't ordered yet. And oh, I also got the beach towel, which I'm excited to use during spring break. Um, also, I'm getting my life together because I'm going on another trip for a conference next week. I'll be in San Diego again, so I'm excited about that. Hey guys, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. Today we're going to continue our interviews around the World Series where we interview other young Black women who have either lived or studied in a new country. For the series, we have interviews set up with women who have been to almost every continent. And this week we're talking to Amari who studied in Hong Kong. So um, Amari is a super good friend of mine. We were roommates freshman year of college. Um, she is a graduating senior who goes to the University of Southern California. She's a business major minoring in cinematic arts. And last semester, like spring, <laughs> spring semester of 2019, she did a study abroad program in Hong Kong. So welcome, Amari. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. So first to just hop into the episode, we're going to ask you kind of just a few overview questions so people can get a sense about what your study abroad program was about. So the first question is, how did you decide you wanted to study abroad in general? And how did you get to selecting Hong Kong? I mean, I always knew I wanted to study abroad going into college because I mean, when else we get a chance to live in another country? I mean, pretty much the same reason anyone else would want to study abroad. 
But it's funny because I actually went into, you know, my study abroad program planning on trying to go to Spain. And since middle school, I've been taking Spanish classes since like middle school. And I always wanted to go to Spain to study abroad. I went there once and I had the best time ever. So I was like really set on that. But I went abroad through Marshall at USC through their um, international exchange program. And it's like really competitive. Like I think they said they had like two or 300 people applying and they were only accepting like a very small number to the Spain school. So like, I did not think it was going to work out when I was applying because I I did like the app the night before. I was like, there's no way this is working out. I'm just going to like kind of let that go mentally and just try to gear myself up for like another country. And so, you know, my dad had went to Hong Kong a couple months before I was applying and he said it was just like the best experience ever. It's his favorite country he'd ever been to. And so I just started to kind of look that up and like I put that as my second choice if I didn't get Spain. But, you know, I had to do a lot of research to to want to even put that as a second choice because I'd never been to Asia beforehand. So I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And the more research I did, it just seemed like a really, really awesome opportunity. And, you know, I actually ended up getting Spain as my as my country. And, you know, it was kind of funny because my heart sank because I was so hyped up on Hong Kong after not expecting to get Spain that when I got it, I just told them, you know what, let me just do Hong Kong. So that's how I ended up there. Oh my gosh, um, that's crazy. So yeah. you totally just went for it. So like when you found out you got Hong Kong, like you switched, how did you have, to, like, did you have to do anything before you left, like getting a visa or like taking language classes or did you just like go with English? Like, how did that work out? So there, you do have to get a visa. And I mean, I think for me, I don't, I don't, I guess when I was uh, getting my visa, they had it like step by step for us. So it wasn't very hard, but I feel like if I had to do it on my own, it might've been like a bit tricky. Cause I never done, I never like, I didn't even know what a visa was before really, but I feel like I was like Googling things online and they were like, they there were a lot of step-by-step guides and then the program that I had walked us through it and they're really helpful, which I heard wasn't the case for some other programs. And so that was, it wasn't that difficult. And in terms of language, um, you know, everyone speaks English in Hong Kong. So that was, that wasn't an issue at all. I learned like one word while I was there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hey, I learned that's two good. words and I, and I don't even remember what they mean. It's so bad, but <laughs> what are the words? Ngoi, which I don't know. I just say that whenever someone says something to me, I'm like, Ngoi. <laughs> Thank you. I think it means please. I forget if that also, I forget what high is. Oh my God, it's so bad. I don't even remember how to say hi. <laughs> uh, I can say it in Chinese. They speak Cantonese. They speak Cantonese in Hong Kong. And, they, okay. and she, she means thank you, but I think that's only, I don't know. Don't even ask me. <laughs> really bad but but that just speaks to like how how easy it is to be there and not speak any other language like I really didn't need to the only people there who don't speak English are like bus drivers any of the public transportation people no one who drove taxis or buses or public transportation like none of them spoke English so that was kind of like you had to like translate or know where you're going which is really easy to get around so that wasn't that hard and like people who are like maybe working at like the 7-Elevens or like you know <laughs> like those are like the only people who don't speak English there gotcha so in terms of like your study abroad program how long was it and like did you take classes while you're there and did you live with a host family like what was kind of like the gist of the program that you signed up for it was just a basic exchange program where I went into their business school enrolled enrolled in their university the University of Hong Kong like if anyone goes to Hong Kong which at this point you know there's a lot of mess going on there so which is really unfortunate 
but um if if like in the future it's, it's safe to go back there definitely go to the university of hong kong i was you know there's three schools there's a bunch of schools there but at usc they had exchange programs with three different schools there the university of science and technology and also the chinese university of hong kong but those two are like really really far like an hour away from the city and you can't even get there by the train like you have to pay for like an expensive taxi into the to get from there to the city so the university of hong kong is like literally right in the middle of everything it's like a metro stop away so it's like the best location and that's probably the most important factor when you're studying abroad is like location is everything so uh yeah just as a side note go to that university and um so yeah i was in their in their business school and i took classes (laughs) i didn't really go to class but i took i was enrolled in them it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I swear one class I showed up like for the final like I just showed up and took the final because the whole grade was based on the final so I just showed up and took the final and that was the first time I went to class and I passed it <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah definitely slacked off but that's what you do when you study abroad because the most of the things that you learn is it's gonna be outside of the classroom anyway so I don't really regret that um, and I stayed in their dorms which is definitely recommended if you go to a place like Hong Kong where housing is like astronomically expensive like some of my friends who didn't get they didn't get into the dorms they're paying like more than LA like LA prices for rent and it's like really crappy places that they were staying in like I didn't want to I didn't even want I went into one of their places and I was like what like this is where you have to live oh my god so yeah just do the dorms I wrote a couple of dorm horror stories as well I can just go on and on about it um you know I I, you know I don't want to get into all that (laughs) but (laughs) I think it's the best bet because at least it's like a lot cheaper than if you were to do an apartment and then it's a really bad apartment. I'd rather be in a bad cheap dorm than a bad expensive apartment. Right. So, and for the program, like, did you have to, like, pay any extra money? Did you get a scholarship? Like, how much did it, like, cost? Well, since it's, it's a USC-specific program, so it was literally just, like, my tuition that is covered through USC. Like, I have a scholarship at USC, so basically, whatever, they, they took 12 units, and they just, like, as if I was, like, paying that to USC, that just paid for my whole program abroad. Like, it oh, okay. rolled me in two USC credits, but those, that would just cover the cost of abroad. I don't know. I had to pay for insurance, though. They made you like, I don't remember how much it was. I don't think it was that expensive. Okay. So it's basically just like paying for school regularly, but you, it went to your Hong Kong school. Yeah, it was like 12 units. And then for housing, it was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, housing was literally like $1,000 for the entire semester in Hong Kong for this dorm. So that's what I'm saying. Like it was $1,000 the whole semester versus if you were to get an apartment, it'd be like $1,000 a month. And it's like really crappy. Dang. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, now we want to transition into a few more questions about what it was like being immersed in the culture and then also just being Black and American in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. So I guess first, like culturally or politically, how did the political climate of Hong Kong affect your time abroad? How did it what? Affect your time abroad. Like how did the political climate? So it's really interesting because, you know, everything that's going on there with the protesting of China, like infringing on their democracy, that all happened like a couple weeks after I left. Like, I just missed all that. So thank God, because it got really violent. And it's it's really awful what's going on there. I mean, every time I find out something new from my friends there, it's just like heartbreaking because it's really my favorite city. But, you know, even when I was there, I was really surprised to find how much the people there like did not fuck with China. I go, Can I cuss on this? <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like, fine. <laughs> 
I was like, that was really surprising to me. Like any, any local that I talked to, like everyone just like hated China. And I was just like, wow. Cause you know, in America, if you like, if you were to like talk bad about another country, that's seen as like really problematic for a lot of reasons. But like there, everyone was just like, yeah. China there. I was just like, wow. It's, it's really a lot of strong feelings about in terms of their political climate. Cause basically they're under this one country, two systems type of governing where China and Hong Kong are technically one country, but they have like two different government systems. Like China is uh, entirely communist and they block all the like Google and YouTube and all the internet. And, and it's very, very censored versus Hong Kong where they're democracy and you can do whatever you want there basically. So, and then, you know, Hong Kong has their own, their own currency. And I think they have like a representative in Beijing, but China has been, after, after British rule ended in Hong Kong, China has been trying to like integrate them into just one country. And that's been really problematic with the people there who really don't want to be communist China. And they, and so that's why all these protests are breaking out. So it's definitely really interesting because just, just like, you know, I didn't know too much about that going, going into it, but it was interesting talking to the locals and just, you know, it was crazy when I, when all the protests went down, I was just thinking about all the stuff that people have told me and it was crazy to see how it unfolded like soon after I left. So it was really interesting. Cool. And so, <laughs> um, I guess you know, I was laughing so hard. Yeah, China's going to shit. Cool. No, Janelle. No, I said cool. No, <laughs> I was like. Your response was so detailed. I was very like I don't know interested. Yeah, I, guess. I feel like I didn't know. I didn't know like all of that about China. Like I feel like in my head I just grouped everything together. And then like when you told me about that the yeah. first time about like Hong Kong being entirely different, I was like, wow, I actually didn't know that. It's in, like it's so different that like I actually didn't like one of the countries I didn't make it to was mainland China, and I was that was high key because I was scared to go. Like I heard so many horror stories from a lot of my friends who went. Everyone that went told me that they had a terrible experience they got majorly scammed like, and they were all black and they're saying it was like you know i know you, like we'll get to more about like that experience but like just it was not it did not seem like a place i wanted to go to by myself especially with the in the surveillance that they have going on there where they have like some black mirror level shit like all of their cities or maybe it's just beijing but i just know like some of their major cities have like all these cameras around and they have facial recognition and they give you like a social rating like that nosedive episode of black mirror and if you do something that's like like not good then your rating will drop to a point where you lose certain privileges like like just in, in like beijing or, or shanghai so i'm just like i'm too scared to go here I, i'm only gonna go if i know a local person who can go there with me and i had some local like some friends who are from there who were studying a brought there but it didn't end up working out sadly but it's entirely different hong kong is basically like you can do whatever you want you can you can say what you want you can but so yeah that's why people are so opposed to the idea of them being one with china like i totally get that yeah i get that i had gone on a trip to beijing by Ooh. myself it was only for like a couple days and that was like i had uncomfortable situations happen really like, oh, so yeah everyone's told me this so yeah I, 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 was, I was gonna go on my own but i just felt kind of like and i hear that there's not a lot of like english isn't spoken on the same level as in hong kong so you really need someone yeah no not at all but um i guess the this kind of transitions well into my next question so what was it like being black and american while you were in hong kong and just around asia in general as you travel? that was really interesting 
I mean, I don't even know where to start. You know, I guess the first thing that I think of is, oh my goodness, how many times people want to take photos of you? Like every time you leave your place, I feel like a celebrity. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's not always like that. Like Hong Kong wasn't the absolute worst with it. Or you know what? I guess there wasn't really one particular country that was worse than the others, except I hear that in mainland, it's really, really, really bad. Like, like people are saying, I'm going to bring an umbrella there to just open it up so that people can't take pictures of me because it's just like really bad. But in Hong Kong, it would be like, yeah, I'll just be sitting on a bench and someone will just come by. And then people be kind of rude about it sometimes. They just like take a photo of me or like touch my hair like I'm a pet. Like, And at first, it, you know, it didn't really bother me that much because I always in my mind thought like, okay, what if I was in America and there was like a whole like half of the world or a whole part of the world somewhere, a continent of people who were like blue or something. And I've like never seen a blue person because I realized like some of the people I don't think have like ever seen a black person there. Like my roommate that I was uh, rooming with uh, a local student at the university and like I was just talking to her and, and uh, I just asked her because I, I I was just like the people see black people here a lot because I didn't see too many while I was there and she said oh yeah we see them all the time and as we got to talking I realized that she was talking about Indian people and brown people so like yeah oh yeah, my god like, no 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 we're not the same like so a lot of so a lot of my black friends were kind of like put off by all the taking photos and touching hair and just all that this fascination everywhere every time you left your house but I kind of like got where I was coming from and it wasn't it was, it was innocent it wasn't I don't think it was like coming from a bad place like I don't, you know some people were rude about it but a lot of people were like really nice and tell me I'm pretty and they want to talk to me and I kind of use that to an, to my advantage to just be able to talk to people and make friends so you know if you just if you go into studying abroad somewhere in Asia and you're just already going to be like, I'm not going to let anyone touch my hair if they take photos of me I'm gonna tell them off like just don't go because like it's gonna it's just it's not worth all the energy just take that and make it into something like an opportunity to just connect with the local people because if you go in there with that mindset you're gonna get so worn down because people are gonna do it either way so yeah Joy and I definitely experienced that when really? we went to I Thailand that in Thailand and yeah <laughs> but it wasn't the Thai people it was I like the Chinese tourists yeah. in yes. Thailand <laughs> yes yeah yeah that's the when I was in like places like Singapore you know I remember I was like bombarded with all these people trying to take photos and apparently they were Japanese so like a lot of the times it was mainland people and Japanese people or like Hong Kong people who were the ones everywhere taking photos I realized so it's 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 an experience so just wow. don't yeah like, I don't think it's like it's like it's not the same as if like I'm in America and like a white person is trying to like touch my hair like they know better you know like it's not like that so I don't let it get to me okay so I guess um, our next question, it kind of relates. Was there any like specific discrimination or racism that uh, happened to you or did you witness any happening to any hmm. friends or any other black people? Let me think. I don't know. I just I can't. Th- I feel like I've that probably happened, but I can't think off the top of my mind, like nothing drastic. I do remember like I w- they would check my passport sometimes when I was leaving the airport, just like they just stop me and check my passport. But I don't know. I was I, I feel like I was treated fine. I don't can't think of many particularly like racist instances because I mean, racism isn't really the same there because like, you know, there's not the same history and there's not the same, you know, black people. You don't, you're not going to see yeah. black people every day in a, in a lot of places like I, I think my entire time in Singapore I didn't see like a single other black person so you know it's not like it's different mm-hmm. than like racism in America you know it's more yeah yeah so I can't think of any yeah nothing I can't think of okay. any particularly bad stories yeah well I guess that's good 
Yeah, no, that's a good answer. So did you get to meet any locals? I know you said your roommate was a local, but did you um like make any other yeah, friends I did. that you got to um, hang out with? I was, you know, it's just so random. Um, you know, the locals that I ended up hanging out with the most were just like this local couple where I just met them on the top of this random like hill slash mountain that I was just on with my friend and we asked them to take a photo of us and just from that we just ended up talking on top of this mountain in the middle of the night for like hours and just ended up hanging out with them a couple of times and I still (laughs) keep in contact with them and they've been telling me more about what's going on there and how it's like not very safe and just more information that is not really well uh, widespread about China and what's going on with these protests and just the extent of how bad it is so I'm praying for all of them right now but I don't think it's that hard to make local friends especially if you're at a university because you know you got to do group projects and like if you just ask people for directions the people people are really friendly there i found i mean i've heard i've heard a lot of bad things about just china and like people being really rude and i still have heard this about mainland china but in hong kong i found people to be really friendly and uh, yeah i don't i didn't find it hard to make friends there there's a lot of expats as well people from all over the world like that's probably my favorite thing about hong kong is that you can like i have friends from just like all over the world because they everyone like Hong Kong such an international city so you know if you just put yourself out there ask people for directions mm-hmm. ask them take a photo of you or something like it's really easy just say hi I would say hi to like every black cool. person I saw because there's not that um, many so and started a, a group chat for like black people in Hong Kong <laughs> and we would link up sometimes are you guys not still in much contact anymore I mean none of us are really from the same places but I feel like if I were to go to like a country where one of them is from I could hit them up and just find a place to stay so yeah <laughs> that's so convenient of making friends <laughs> in other places <laughs> Okay, so you said you were there for a whole semester. Did you get to like experience oh any like dating Girl, or I wish. meet a special person? <laughs> I wish <laughs> I tried Tinder there. I didn't meet up with anyone because I felt like it was very fetishy on Tinder there. I just you know I was like, nah, I'm not really feeling this. Everyone's like, oh, hey, chocolate. Oh, I'm just like, okay, I'm not. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. But I oh, did. No. Uh, I met this one person. Like the first day I was there, I just saw this like other black guy there, and he was like the first. Black black person I saw so I and I just kind of nodded at him he was like in the subway really far away and then I ran into him in one of the night markets so you know like I like I said like since there's not very many black people like when I do see them like that's it's an excuse to just go over and say how oh, hi where are you from like there's you know we don't we don't see very many of us so I feel like that is a it's an interesting factor where versus when you're in like America and it's just like well you see black people all the time so it's just like whatever why are you talking to me but I feel like in Asia people are more just everyone's trying to make friends and that gives you an advantage but I didn't really I didn't personally do much dating I was just focusing on myself and I was I was dating myself okay I was I was (laughs) we love to hear it (laughs) okay so now we're gonna get into your best and worst times abroad so (laughs) when you got best and worst times during your study abroad okay so when you first got there did you have any type of culture shock what were some things that like really surprised you about being in hong kong good Um, or bad gosh there's so many i remember i was i wrote like a little thing i posted on facebook where i was just like reflecting on all the just it's a lot of small things you know because hong kong at the end of the day it's not like like when i went to vietnam that was like culture shock like whoa 
where am I? Am I like, oh my God, that that was a lot. Okay, I'll get to that. But Hong Kong is like, you know, it's a, it's a major humongous city like New York. I've always like compared it to New York. And I always say it's like New York, but way cleaner, way more organized. It's 10 times better, honestly. Like it's, it's a great city and it's really easy to get around. I think some of the best parts of Hong Kong would be like the public transportation is like it's I think it's officially like the best in the world if you look up best public transportation in the world like oh my gosh coming back to America that was the the first thing that I was just like wow why can't we just get our shit together like you can get anywhere in Hong Kong through their train system like it's like super fast they don't let you eat or drink on there so it's really really clean it's super efficient it's super easy to navigate and like the New York subways I'm just I went to I was in New York after and I was like wow I cannot believe like you know why can't we just replicate what they have in Hong Kong New York is so confusing you don't know which way the train's going it's so uh, roaches and rats and stuff so uh, Hong Kong gets a lot of points for that alone it's also really organized in general I found that just about Asia overall where like people stand on one side of the escalator and they walk on the other side and like people walk on the, the right side of the, of the sidewalk like, everything's really efficient and organized and there's just so many people and it's amazing how easy it is to get around like people wait in line for the for the buses like I remember I almost got cussed out because I, I you know in America you just get on the bus like you know you don't wait in line no they like wait in line to like board the bus <laughs> they wait in line for the elevators there because like in Hong Kong there's so many elevators because it's like you know a lot of like buildings up in mountains and stuff like that and the subway is really far underground and there's like literally like all those like what are they called like those little belts that organize lines like for elevators so I don't know stuff like that was really interesting where America you know you just push your way to the front and whatever you can't do that there and in terms of some other things like oh my goodness it's just a lot of small things like they don't like cold water and like it's not a thing anywhere in Asia I didn't find like just cold water everywhere you go they drink like not just like room temperature but like boiling water so that was really hard for me to overcome <laughs> <laughs> Remember in the airport in Thailand, Joy? That how, was like, Shanghai. The... Oh, that wasn't Shanghai. Yeah. Like literally, the water fountain was like boiling hot water. It was boiling in the water fountain. Oh my god! Yeah, it was literally like a hot water dispenser for like tea, coffee. Like there was no cold water option. I don't even like room temperature water. (laughs) I only like cold, ice cold water. So that was rough. Okay, like I had to have my water bottle and like I would put like so I had had, like a shared kitchen in my dorm and I'd always have water in the fridge and I would just like fill up my water bottle every day because I just can't do it. Oh my god, that that was that was rough. Okay. And especially because it's so hot there. So I'm like burning hot. I just want a cold drink to quench my thirst. And it's just boiling water everywhere. But, you know, at least that like the 7-Elevens will have water in the fridge. So and there's like a 7-Eleven on every single corner in Asia. Like I, that was another thing. Every single corner. I'm not even kidding. Like I can stand. Yeah, I could stand somewhere. And That's count, like, true. 7-Elevens from like. <laughs> another thing is that napkins are not really a thing everywhere like even like toilet paper right here i didn't i like go out of my way to avoid public bathrooms in general even in america i just don't like public bathrooms but i heard that like in singapore like you have to bring your own toilet paper and like you know everyone carries these little i forget what the brand is but these little brand of uh these like scented napkins around like because you can only buy them in packs of like 30 packs of them like those little napkins so i have like so many but everyone carries them around because the restaurants don't even like have napkins 
So I don't know. It's really interesting. Stuff like that. You know, at McDonald's, they don't just have napkins available or condiments available. Like you have to ask them and they'll give you like one at a time. Like I remember when I was in Korea, I went to this, I went to this chicken place and it was like the best chicken ever. But I like need, I'm American, you know, we need to like make everything as unhealthy as possible. So I need to like so much, I need like ketchup with every bite of my food. Like I like a lot of ketchup. And they wanted to like bring me over those teeny tiny little, like uh, little tiny, uh, you know, it's like pumps of ketchup in those little containers. They wanted to just give me one of those and I said okay if you could push a button on the table to call the waiter and I said okay you know what I need a lot of ketchup why don't you just bring like 10 of these so I don't have to keep like asking y'all to bring me ketchup because I'm gonna keep asking y'all they would not bring me a bunch at a time they kept bringing me (laughs) one at a time and one of those ketchups lasted me one chicken fried chicken piece so I had 20 pieces so I pushed up on 20 times and they just kept bringing me one piece of ketchup I was just like (laughs) so I said that's fine I kept kept saying bring like 10 of them no. <laughs> so I just I luckily I did bring some ketchup with me just because I always travel with ketchup because I'm like I'm like that I need ketchup on everything so if you're like me definitely bring a bottle of ketchup with you and I guess like another thing that I really appreciated about just Asia in general is that it's like so safe there I mean Hong Kong it's so sad Hong Kong it's like it's not safe now because the protesting it's like so sad but just everywhere in Asia though it's like it's so safe like I remember I was coming back in the airport at like 4 a.m. by myself and they like and it was really like the train was closed down by then so I had to take like all these buses to get to my dorm because my dorm's kind of like was kind of far from the airport and the bus only got me like halfway there and they like dropped me off in the middle of the city at like 4 a.m and there was like no one around and I was like kind of stressed but then I was like I'm in Hong Kong like what nothing's gonna happen it's it's very safe here it it was absolutely fine like so that was one that was another thing it's you know I could walk around at night as a woman by myself and I never ever felt threatened or in danger like the worst that they do there is like pickpocketing so dang well that sounds i mean i love the transportation thing that you said because like the u.s literally sucks with transportation and then like as far as the condiments yeah that would have been so annoying i would have been like oh my god i would just kept pressing the button every time they walked away but it was like the best you could ever like if i ever go back there i'm I'm so gonna go back i bet they were i didn't see they took never come back this was in south korea like english wasn't isn't as well spoken as in hong kong so i made Maybe they didn't understand, but I bet you they were so tired of me by oh, okay. the time I left. They, they, if I came back, they probably wouldn't have let me sit down. <laughs> gotcha. So when, okay, so I want to shift the questions because I know from just talking to you that you spent a lot of time traveling. So I'm going to like ask you about like, where did you travel? Like just list off all the places because oh, yeah, your the, list was like crazy. Like that too. You can, everything's close together because that's the thing. America's just like, where can we go like, to different states? You know, it's so cool when you're like, in a place where you could, the states are basically like different countries and they're like entirely different. And, and I, I don't know. That was like, that was such a cool experience. You know, I want to do Europe next. Like I haven't been all through Europe. Like you got to do when you went abroad, but it was really cool doing that in Asia. Um, I went to 12 countries, including Hong Kong. Uh, you want me to list them off? Okay. Let me start from the, the top yeah. of the map. So I did <laughs> yeah. Japan, South Korea, Hong Kong, <laughs> Taiwan, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia and I went all the way to Australia also is that all of them I think so yeah oh it it was a mix okay like 
How'd you I really like Australia? liked when I went to Australia. This was like this was like a huge trip, and it was actually my my biggest like solo trip. Like I did like a couple of days on my own in some other countries, but this one I did like all on my own. And you know, which is easy because it's Australia. But you know, I would definitely tell anyone like go do a solo trip if you get right. the chance to, even if it's not like as easy as Australia. It was such a cool experience. And if you do a solo trip, stay in hostels because it's so easy to make friends that way. You find people to go out with, and that was like one of the best experiences my time abroad just like getting to travel through Australia I went to like five different places there I flew into the Gold Coast from Singapore and when I was in Hong Kong I made friends with this girl from Australia so she hooked me up with like all her friends in Australia and I just I just ended up being able to stay on their couch for the whole time I was for like most of the time I was there I did between couches and hostels where she didn't have friends and so yeah Australia was like kind of mixed um I really really like Gold Coast and I went to this place called Byron Bay which is where apparently like where the local go to vacation and party and that was so much fun I mean wow I don't, it was it was chill it was like a lot of in a lot of cases I could picture it being like a little beach town in LA because it had like those really long like really pretty beaches you know did hiking and skydiving is really big there it was like being on an adventure you know and so then I made it to Sydney and that ended up being like one of my least favorite places abroad like I don't know Sydney was like and I was so excited I had I booked the most number wow. of days there I was so ready to leave I was just like I mean I don't know I feel like I was frustrated because after it was like I'd done a lot of traveling at that point and they like were one of the first places that didn't have public transportation and I was so spoiled by Hong Kong's public transportation and then they and then they over here with like these trolleys or something that go really slow and it was just like I was super frustrated <laughs> and it was really expensive like <laughs> So I think being all over other places in Asia where everything's cheap, it's easy to get around. And it was just honestly a lot more exciting and not all like overly touristy. Like uh, Sydney was just like, okay, they have, they had decent food, but it was all overpriced. They had this really good thing called like schnitzel where it's basically like this giant chicken nugget. And it was like, that was the best thing ever. And, And like they had these meat pies that were really good. But yeah, other than that, Sydney was like, meh. And even the beaches were like, I think LA had better beaches. And then I went to Melbourne and Melbourne, I really liked, I mean, I don't think any more than a couple of days there, but they had, uh, it was really cute. And they had this little festival going on and it was easy to make friends. The people were so nice there and they had like really good food and like, really cool cafe culture like I, I kind of envisioned it being like I don't know probably like some place in Europe where they have all those little cafes but but yeah Australia how did we get to Australia I'm just rambling on <laughs> oh you said you asked me my best and worst travel <laughs> you're just listing or, everywhere you've been or someone asked um, me how was Australia but yeah well, that kind of sums it up I, I could go on and on about it but if don't be fooled by Sydney okay it's cool <laughs> all right We'll keep that in mind. So we just want a few words of advice for the audience. Uh, what would you give? What advice oh would you gosh. give to anyone just, that's looking to study kind of or to even just now, visit Hong like, Kong? It's not really safe to go there with all, with everything going on. But like as soon as Hong Kong is safe to go, just just go. OK, like I, I'm, I'm so mad because I liked Hong Kong so much. Like of all the places I went to, Hong Kong was by far my favorite place out of like anywhere I've been in the world, honestly. I mean, like my bucket list was so long there that I didn't even get halfway through it. You know, it's a city where, like I said, it's super international, but everyone speaks English and you can, there's like not a type of person that you can't find in Hong Kong. I mean, and even, and even being black, like, you know, there's not that many black people, but all the black people that are there are like from Africa or like Europe. So it's just like really interesting, the kinds of people that you meet. And it's like probably the only place where you can go hiking through the mountains during the day. And like, they, oh my gosh, it has the best hikes. Like that was some of my favorite 
ever thinks to do there. And I, I'm not even into hiking. I'm not even, I'm not an outdoor person, but oh my goodness, that was like just breathtaking hikes. And you end up on the most beautiful isolated beaches that have like cows roaming around. And then from there, you can just like go to some of the best nightlife in the world, I think. I mean, Hong Kong clubbing, they have a street called LKF. That's where everyone parties. And it's just like next level. It's like a whole, it's like every street, every club is just like all right there. And they're all like these rooftop bars and they're all really cool. And it's like really safe. And, you know, no one's going to shoot up the club or anything. Like, I don't know, Hong Kong. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's like, because I was in one club and I remember like, they had some like smoke effect where like they were shooting like those that like smoke out of the ceiling and I got really stressed out because when I was in America I'd be running like uh uh-uh but then I was like wait I'm in Hong Kong like that don't happen here like they don't play that over there so yeah no one has guns like so that's such a that's like such a comfort the fact that like people just don't have guns in like basically anywhere Asia so but yeah if you can if anyone gets a chance to go to Hong Kong once it gets safe please go and if you do go to Asia in general one advice is that I was there for a long time so I was there during their Chinese New Year celebration I hear that this is not really a great time to travel in Asia and because I was I was thinking of doing a trip during that period, but everyone's like, no, like like basically everything's closed down. It's kind of like a family holiday, so that's not really the best time to travel. It's it's in like the beginning of February, so I would avoid going at that particular time. But other than that, yeah, just go to Hong Kong if you if you get the chance. I, I feel like you can't find a place that offers more in terms of like the experience and things to do and just like oh my gosh, it's my favorite place in the world. Do you want me to give more advice on like? Okay, cool. Okay. Now we'll move on to the next question. Do you have, or would you like to put any misconceptions about Hong Kong, or I mean, I, I guess I think I cover a lot any of part it. of Asia that you've been to. Rest. Oh, does that everyone, is it hard to get around there not knowing the language? And it's so easy. I mean, the only place that was kind of tricky was Japan. Because, yeah, they like, it's English is not nearly as wide spoken. I feel like their level of English is like my level of Spanish, where it's like, I can get by, but it's like not, it's going to be a bit of a struggle. You need a translator ready. I, you know, basically everywhere I went, you know, even places like Cambodia and Vietnam, because I mean, if you go there, you'll probably be in like the touristy places. So they speak English. Don't let that stop you, especially. Especially if you get to go to some place like Hong Kong or Singapore. Yeah, don't be afraid of that. That's not an issue in the slightest sense. I don't know what misconceptions. I feel like that's the biggest thing that people ask me. Um, I didn't know much. Yeah, I didn't know much about Asia at all. I actually never been there. I never yeah, even had Asian good. food before I went to Asia. So this is a huge... <laughs> Like, yeah, I never, I literally never had rice. <laughs> I was so picky. I was like, oh my God. I was the worst. I was the absolute worst. All I ate was like salmon. You never and had rice? Day. You know, that's all I ate. <laughs> a sandwich and those chicken sandwiches from seeds. That's the only thing I ate. And I, my biggest, and you know, I had the chance to go to Asia like freshman year. And I didn't go because I was worried about starving. Because I was like, what am I going to eat? Like, I can't try new food. <laughs> so don't let stupid things like that stop you because it's like, it's something that can really shape your perspective on the world and really open you up. Like, I'm not kidding when I say like, I if I could right now, like, I would move to Hong Kong for a year. And right now I'm thinking about trying to just move to Asia. I'm thinking of going to Taiwan or um, Thailand or Singapore for a year after graduating because I just loved it so much. It was the absolute, by far, best experience ever. I 
I'm really happy I went there uh, for my abroad experience over Spain, even though I know Spain would have been amazing. But I feel like this was more of a once in a lifetime opportunity because, you know, everyone goes to Europe. So I would say definitely if you have a chance to go to Asia abroad, definitely don't sleep on it. You know, Europe will still be there. This is something that is going to be way far out of your comfort zone and you'll probably grow a lot more from it. So, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Wow, that was so inspiring. <laughs> so yeah, this is like a really good interview, Amari. Like I learned actually learned like so much about going to Asia and now I'm like, ooh, I wanna go like explore more and like kind of do like kind of do like a country hopping thing like you did. Like that sounds so thinking about trying to teach English in Asia now because I'm like, why do I why like I'm never gonna get to do this again once I get stuck in corporate America forever? Like why don't I just try and do this now? Like just if yeah, if I'm there and you wanna come, like come visit me. You should. I'm not now. All right. It sounds like a plan. Cool. So that's basically our episode for today. So thanks everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Amari's experience in Hong Kong. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Melanin and Miles, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you are subscribed to receive new episodes every Tuesday and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. We also love to talk to you guys on social media. Share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram stories tagging at Melanin and Miles to start chatting with us.